0: Uh, terminal brain cancer stage three so it's an estimated uh six years is the average life expectancy for people who are in um my condition or my situation uh but there's a more uplifting element to that when we get sort of more deeper into the situation uh however when you are awake they're able to test they're kind of do this thing called a b testing where they're able to put a prong inside your brain which doesn't have a nervous system so you can't feel it And then they'll ask you questions of, um, uh, okay, which one's the dog? Which is the microphone? Which is the the cup? And then you've just got to go, that's the microphone. That's the cup. And what they look out for is just, it's not if you go, oh, and you're not able to talk. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of if you were to go, "Uh, that's the cup. And they look for that slight pause. And that means, okay, this bit of tissue is active brain tissue. So we won't remove that, and then they'll go to another area because your brain is quite like a—it's uh, quite like a room. So like, there's lots of air, there's lots of space here, and that's useful. But you know, there's other places where there's like stuff, and the stuff is what makes your brain run. Very few people have that on their to-do list, their bucket list, and then they go out to the Great Wall of China. I'm not uh, like hitting on people who have these sort of travel goals or like goals, things that they want to do. That's fine. But the idea of that, like, you know, sort of like, I've always wanted to go to the the like uh, the Great Wall of China. It's not like you're going to arrive there and you're going to go, oh, my life is different now. I've seen this magnificent structure. <laughs> it's like, oh, I am awake now. Oh, I see things differently. It's like, that doesn't happen. People who complain about, like, you know, is, is something like that happening. And it's like you drop a bottle of beer on the ground or they drop a bottle of water or tea and it's like, and someone goes like, ah, that's my favorite mug or, you know, some shit. It's like, just buy another mug. Like accidents happen. These, these arguments do not need to happen. These like uh, exacerbated amounts of sort of uh, upset, they do not need to happen. It's like, you know, having a family for me would be an achievement. Um, in my own mind and so I don't really um, contemplate about um, the meaning of life so much uh, because I think in a basic format uh, the meaning of life for me is just simply are you happy are you making others happy
1: thanks for watching the podcast There's a word from our sponsor Atlas VPN right now I'm going to change my phone so that I am registered out of America. Let's go with Dallas, Texas, shall we? Just like that, I can now access everything online that our American friends can access, whereas previously I was blocked. And we've got the best VPN deal on the market. Enjoy the most affordable online protection for just $1.83 a month, which is just over a pound, and three months extra with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Protect unlimited devices. Atlas VPN protects all your devices with a single subscription. You can grab this summer deal now because Atlas VPN Premium is just $1.83 a month, plus three months extra. And with a 30 day money back guarantee, protect your privacy and get many benefits of Atlas VPN for the ridiculously low price. You can take this deal by clicking the link in the video description below on YouTube. Be quick as it's a limited time offer. Thanks for checking out our sponsor Back to the Podcast. Today I'm here with Ian and we've got a very inspirational story to tell. Many of you are aware that my little niece when she was born at one year old was diagnosed with leukemia. My sister for the past decade has been you know, basically facing her daughter's mortality, the prospect of which... Is something that um, for a human being to go through for years is extremely traumatic but she's come for it a much stronger person now ian you've got a situation can you just ex- before we go to your life story can you just tell the viewers what you're facing please uh,
0: uh terminal brain cancer stage three
1: and what is the prognosis with that
0: um so it's an estimated uh six years is the average life expectancy for people who are in um my condition or my situation uh but there's a more uplifting element to that when we get sort of more deeper into the situation
1: and how many years ago was it diagnosed three okay all right so you have got this accent that's endearing. Whereabouts in the, in the are you, are you based and where did you grow
0: up? Uh, yeah, so I'm based in Dublin. However, my family are from Clare, uh, Clare and um, uh, Meath. But uh, no, the accent is uh, from Dublin, s- slightly Northern Dublin.
1: Yeah, I'm Sean Patrick. My, my dad wanted to name me Patrick, but my mum changed it to Sean at the last minute because yeah, that's, my that's grandmother's my side my grandmother's side comes from ireland yeah yeah so so growing up normal childhood
0: oh yeah yeah and i've like every so often i think my mom watches some sort of a a netflix uh or crime doc or something like that and then she calls me up and being like did you have a happy childhood i'm just i'm just worried about you (laughs) because like she's hearing stories of people being like oh god all this shit happened and it's awful and um no i had i had a great childhood like it seems the same thing where it's like when you talk to americans when you talk to um quite a lot of people from the the uk as well where it's like oh what was we call a secondary school but it's like a high school and they're like oh yeah it was awful it was like you know just so clicking it's like jesus for us it was a hundred people were in our year 600 people were in our entire school everybody knew each other it was great fun. no one really (laughs) I wouldn't say bullied like people got picked on the odd time for you know doing stupid stuff but like no one got like battered for just existing you know and how old are you now ian and back when you was a teenager what did you want to be uh so i'm 34 now and uh i wanted to be loads of different things um the thing that kind of like, there's a bit of a true line that goes through all of the jobs that I um, wanted, but like, uh, fire department was one of the main ones. When I first was uh, leaving school, I didn't have a clue what I wanted, and I did computer game uh, development, and uh, I thought that would have far more of a creative streak um in it, and it just wasn't. It was all just programming. I was like, this is not for me. Um, and then I started trying to get into the fire department, so I studied paramedic science, paramedic science, uh, the the when i graduated with that the recession broke out and then um so i went over to the uk because they would actually pay for education to become a nurse i thought nursing would be similar to uh sort of yeah, being in uh, involved in like uh, ambulance uh, care it's not it's very very different a lot more um uh paperwork to do and a lot more uh sort of pulling on the you know the jacket of a doctor being like hi can you sign this for me so that i can actually do my job and like doctors don't like that as well doctors you know they're busy and it's like they most of the time they learn which nurses are competent and which aren't and so the fact that the competent nurse is coming over and asking for their time to do that the doctors get frustrated with the situation as well because it's like this is just adding a third person into a situation that would have been more effective if, like, a nurse that's experienced is able to be like, okay, you need this, so I'm going to give you this, rather than having to run around a hospital to find a doctor. But, um, yeah, from that, I then went down to uh, sports science Um and then was working as a fitness instructor so you can kind of see like a line where they're all sort of connected outside of the computer game development and um yeah i never was able to get into the fire department because uh there just wasn't uh wasn't opportunities for it there was um the recession broke in and they never said like we don't know when we're going to be hiring next so i was like right well am i gonna wait for this or am i gonna you know just get busy with something else and that's what i did so which career did you enjoy the most? Um like I did I think the uh the fitness classes is definitely something that uh suits me more but uh it has quite a it has quite the ceiling. You can either jump over it and kind of start the career with like um uh, owning your own gym where it's like your career then has a sort of an open factor where it's not going to be capped whereas a uh, fitness class instructor you can only kind of go so far. And I was at that sort of uh, the peak of that, unless I start like there's other options where you can become like, um, you know, uh, doing it online and then it becomes a little bit uh, sort of endless amounts of um, uh, profits or career progress. But that's not what I was uh, looking to do at the time. I'd like, believe it or not, I don't actually, uh, I never actually really wanted to be like a big star on social media or whatever like that. That was never really a goal of mine. Uh, it's just i knew that my situation uh with the cancer and wanted to try and break the world record for um uh the most money raised it was like right well the easiest path for this is undoubtedly through social media so let's let's just go with that um but yeah uh i i In some ways, though, like I've sort—I know uh, military people, and I was like a part of the uh, the reserves, and I like dabbled in with that, and that that sort of stuff would actually suit me really well. Just the the structure, and um, while I am actually a like very free thinking person, and I in some ways I don't like being told what to do, especially in the creative world where it's like that's not the right way to do it. You're an idiot. Uh, like uh, it gets frustrating in my mind, but I also quite like okay, uh, we're up here, we're gonna be here at this exact time. Uh, you're required to do this, off you go. This is how you do it. Like, in some ways, I actually quite like that sort of um, uh, strict uh, guidelines to, to do something. If it's like you're paid to do this exact thing in this way, there's a kind of a, a, a relaxation that goes through the mind where it's like, okay, yep, just follow the follow the instructions off we go
1: yeah i'm a bit of a fitness class guy i've, I've not been known to get hyper in um body combat when they get a bit of scooter on or blaze body pump what, what classes were you doing yeah, because you
0: look like them <laughs> <laughs> what classes were you into <laughs> Um as all fitness classes they're all they're all the same really there's yeah, they really are we like we we sort of jazz them up and make them a little bit different so that it's sort of uh something different to uh you know keep keep people coming in in terms of like you don't want people to get bored, you want people to be coming in as consistently as possible because it doesn't matter how much uh work you're putting in consistency is always the most important thing because it forms um habits and habits are everything in life really if you want to be successful and like most things habits are the way to do it and so um like you'd have like you know circuit classes i reckon that'd probably be my favorite one because now i record my own workouts and i sort of teach them a little bit but i kind of know no one's really working out while i'm working out i think they just kind of like Sort of like if I was to look at a circuit class on YouTube and then adopt it for myself later on, I think that's what's going on, or if people are just being supportive, doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, so I kind of do my own circuit classes, and then uh, as I'm doing them, I will ask the audience, Okay, guys, what's the next? Um, uh, I'm doing you know bench press now, just comment what you want to be the next leg thing. And then I'll look in and be like, "Oh no, we already did that. We already did that squats. Okay, we'll do squats." And so I kind of I let them um, uh, decide what's coming next, while it being sort of guided by me. Because if it's sort of just, "Hey, what exercise is next?" People will just they'll like they'll probably end up saying like the the same things over and over again. It's like, okay, we did bench press four hundred times, no legs, no back, <laughs> and uh, now I'm uh, sore.
1: A lot of people get in and out of fitness, but you've got discipline. Where does that discipline come from?
0: Um, I'm not not actually quite, I'm not disciplined at all. Uh, So that's why (laughs) I kind of was um, pushing quite a lot on the habits. It's not so much about the the discipline of situations. It's about getting yourself into a habit because then you don't need to be disciplined. You need to, uh, you just do what is normal
1: but to make it a habit requires some mental strength where does that fortitude come from um
0: i guess it's like well i i don't dislike uh fitness classes i don't dislike running i don't dislike uh lifting weights so it was never so much of a chore for me to do and so um doing those sort of things it was like yeah this you don't always want to do it but you know it's always important to do it so like even when there'd be like days where i really didn't want to because i'd already formed a habit uh, of going to the gym or going for a run it was easier to just get over the fact that i didn't want to do it but again like i'm not particularly disciplined like as a simple example i was really bad at um any kind of um uh, assignment or writing part of um of university like in in every single one of the subjects i was terrible at it just because i just really didn't like the sort of the structure it was it was the uh, too rigid it was too kind of it, a lot of it felt pointless like what why does referencing have to be done in this particular order in this particular way i get it that that's sort of to uh to keep it formatted so you can trace it but it's kind of like this has gone the way of the dodo. You want to do a reference, just have a link like dates, uh, people that are wrote it, fair enough. But, like, does the order really matter that much for you to be like, oh, sorry, your referencing hasn't been, um, put, uh, particularly, uh, like in the right order? Now, uh, that will mean that as a fitness instructor, as like someone who's teaching a class. Uh, we're gonna give you a D rather than a B because you're referencing is shit. it's like okay, that's never going to be important for what the kind of work that I'm gonna be doing ever again. and now uh, you know gyms are usually they'll they'll take you in and whatever grades you are they'll they'll judge it more on um, your own personality. but just to use that as an example, it it like it doesn't make sense for me and it irritates me when it's like, ah, you're not very good at this sort of paperwork stuff, which you'll never need in the job that you're about to have. But your grade said B when like, you know, e- even though your uh your ability to communicate and your ability to actually read human movement and be like, Oh, your problem here is that, you know, this, which is far more important. It's like, no, nope, you you're not good at putting, you know, pen to paper.
1: What were your university years like?
0: Um yeah the the ones in um with nursing were absolutely terrible they were just like uh, like especially seeing as how it was like 3 years of early 20s like that's that, those are formative years where you can be doing some incredible stuff and i just spent it in like a very bland town not really much to do i was i staying in high wickham and then even at that like the actual education center was in aylesbury which was just a double pronged like why didn't you put me up in aylesbury not like aylesbury is (laughs) there, but like the commute for the two places is over an hour and it was just Mm -hmm. like oh this university like they really threw a i don't know a curveball at me um and yes never go with the university of bedfordshire they're awful uh, and then that changed dramatically when i um, uh i moved to london i was going in and out of london quite a lot from uh high Wycombe. thankfully it's not too far from uh from london and i was getting work in london and then eventually i moved into london and then because i had uk residency i was able to apply for um Uh, university and I went to uh, St. Mary's and St. Mary's and Twickenham was brilliant and great fun out there so I remember when I was at uni it was Liverpool and I discovered
1: raving I (laughs) sat my my finals coming down off ecstasy with all this beep 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 going off in my brain what what was your social life like during your university years
0: oh yeah it was great Uh, I remember one of the pitching points for St. Mary's was that it was a small university and that that ended up being a better thing and um having gone to um uh, mount temple which was my high school my secondary school uh, i and having stories from like loads of brits and loads of americans about big high schools i was like okay to me that seems like less friends that seems like fewer friends but i'll take him at his word and uh so i chose that one and it was absolutely correct like you can't go through the halls without knowing like everybody and then sometimes i would literally have to either plan all right my class is starting in 15 minutes i and it's going to take me uh, an actual five minute walk to get there but i know i'm going to meet so many people and like just have chit chats with them that like i should leave now and uh sometimes if i was going to be late for something i would have to take the longer route because i knew there'd be fewer people there and so i wouldn't have to like say hello to as <laughs> many people it was, it was brilliant everybody knew everybody everybody was like and it was a sports focused um university as well it's like for uh london 2012 the um for the olympics it was like uh one of the locations where a lot of the athletes uh trained i think uh, mo far went to um uh went to university there and, and like everything that everybody studies uh bar like i think five percent of the population is something to do with sports whether that be sports management, sports psychology, it's all sports, and then the amount of uh, teams that there are, uh, it's just it's just brilliant. Because then, like when you go on um, holiday, they go on holiday together, and everybody is in their own little uh, groups. But at the same time, like the, we kind of had things where, like, because we do stuff to, uh, together, that some groups would kind of click with each other. Like uh, the rugby, the rugby union um, team did a lot of stuff with the football team as well so it's like a completely unrelated sports but we still were like in the sort of the same crew so it was brilliant great fun
1: so would you say that through your out your 20s you were thriving then
0: um i wouldn't say i was thriving but like i was because like the early years of my 20s were um sort of wasted i didn't like you know i'm a big believer in like uh failures are only failures if you um if you learn something from them and i really didn't learn much from being in um uh uh, from being in high wickham and being in aylesbury it was just sort of time like i like i picked up some good habits like, like sort of i started hence why i went into sports um uh, sports science. Afterwards, I, I like I went to the gym and I started to kind of look at the the way I was going to the gym a lot more technically, and uh, a lot more from a scientific point of view rather than just hey go down and lift stuff up and put it down again. Uh, but like more sort of yeah, let's lift, lift stuff up and put it down again. But lift up this amount of weight and lift up, you know, lift it up for this amount of times and then rest for this amount of uh, time and so on. Um, so but like if i was in ireland i i would have done that same sort of thing i'd imagine anyway except i might have been just even if i was just working and just earning earning you know a living you know i might have had something that is sort of trying uh, uh keeps going like i would have gone on more holidays to uh, interesting places in the world i might have you know learned how to drive and bought a car not really much use in london but still a skill that um, i know how to drive but i still don't have a license because i live in i've been living in london for 10 years
1: so throughout those years then were you single or did you meet someone
0: yeah along the way i had girlfriends and uh, and then broke up with them and yeah
1: and you said about all these different factors that you were appraising more in terms of your fitness how did nutrition go into the equation
0: um, I mean, like, it's, if you're into your fitness, you're into your nutrition, yeah, one thing sort of leads directly into the other. So, um, for me, like, again, going back to the discipline where I'm not actually that disciplined, uh, I try as much as possible to not have uh, sugar in my life because it's just awful. <laughs> it's just poison. Uh, I absolutely despise that. Like, it's, uh, I know it's sort of, it got naturally into our culture because sugar used to be as um available as it is now but um the like you know i really think we need to just stamp it out because it's too much where it's like sort of kids as a prize you give them sugar that's not a good prize that's not a good way to reward kids there's loads of other like you know i understand sugar's cheap um but you can come up with like a, a small amount of creativity and you can come up with something that is also cheap that you can give to kids as like little prizes there's loads of little toys that you could um give to a child as reward system for that uh, that could easily replace sugar lego comes to mind where you could just like if they started selling like tiny little bits of that or like just buying like little you know uh crayons whatever you don't have to give everybody sugar as a gift same thing goes for adulthood and uh, you know you, you hear it all the time with like sort of a uh, office i won't call it office politics but like uh when people come in with a big chocolate bar and so it's like they bring in a big thing of chocolate so that they can leave it there for other people to eat, and it justifies them eating themselves. And it's like that's not that like it's like seems like you're doing a nice thing. You're not. It's like uh, you're putting uh, you're putting beer in front of an alcoholic because everybody fails to acknowledge that we're all addicted to that stuff. But it's just kind of ah, sure, it's not that bad. You don't see people on the floor getting sick. Like you know, out of their heads in the street from eating chocolate, and it's like therefore it's not an addictive substance, and it's like no, it like it it really doesn't um like um it, it the the difference between like say if you go to a music festival and you're on the pints, you're on the sauce, and yeah, people we all like overdo it from time to time, uh, and then if you take that person home and they're hung over. And but they're hungover in the sense that, like, you know, oh god, yeah, no, it was a brilliant weekend. I'm my head's wrecked now. If you were to ask them, okay, if I could take away uh, the alcohol from that situation that you just experienced, uh, would you allow me to do that? I'd imagine most people would be like, no, no, the beer was like part of it, it sort of lowered my, um uh inhibitions i was like more friendly with loads of people i made friends because we were all being a bit more wild we were jumping around in gigs i don't think i would have uh, gotten to that uh, level if i was uh, if i was sober and then if you ask that same question to someone who like ate their birthday cake and like went out and had their uh, had their fun, if you were to say like hey if i could take away your birthday cake from that situation now and the exact same situation everybody would say yes everybody because it's not like you go oh man i'm so glad i ate that cake last night like you might say that cake was delicious but it's different it didn't add to the experience it added to the experience for like five minutes the moment that it was in your mouth and then the moment that it was swallowed gone no more whereas um beer for an example tastes nice so you have that same sort of level of this is delicious uh but then also you still you have the effects of um uh how it then changes your uh your behavior and that's not always a good thing i'm not promoting it as if like you know you don't have to be careful with uh, the amount that you consume that's certainly a problem especially if you do it on like too much of a regular basis but there is a difference between stuff that's bad for you that can also be good for your uh life experiences and then there's just stuff that's bad and it doesn't bring anything
1: yeah i've been watching all these sugar experts on the diary of a ceo podcast recently And having lived in America for 16, 17 years, the diabetes over there was off the scale. And I think England is now just following in that same trajectory of of the Americans with, with the sugar products and the diabetes getting out of control here as well.
0: Yeah the UK is blessed and like uh, I was in America recently and um something that I learned very like I always heard about this but I th- oh, I also kind of thought ah you're just going to the corner shops where they sell stuff rather than going to the supermarkets vegetables and fruit are s- it's so much more expensive than just the like the crap the like it's it, it's bizarre when you come in I know it's down to supply and demand and what's uh, what's available and most of their crops, they have three crops where they have wheat, uh, soybeans, and corn. And they get the corn to uh, turn into um, high fructose corn syrup. And then they have the wheat. And then so what they do is like when it's like a process and it's basically the crap that uh, should be thrown out. That's what gets made into stuff like Twinkies and cookies because it's so cheap. And so that's why you go in and you see these like cakes that have gone through all these processes and you wonder, how is this cookie less expensive than that piece of broccoli? Surely a piece of broccoli is just grown in the ground and and then put on the shelf. Whereas this cookie has to be like grown into wheat, grown into sugar, mm-hmm. processed, uh, changed into, then you need to add this, 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 and this. But it just, it just is like, I'm not going to bother explaining it. You can look into it uh, yourself, why that situation is. But it's, it's, it's really hard that like uh, it makes sense that poor people in the United States um, just get to be in such poor shape. And it's definitely something that in uh, the UK and Ireland that uh, I certainly am a lot more grateful for. And I do try to eat a lot more uh, uh, vegetables, even more than I previously did. But if you're poor and you're overweight in uh, Ireland and the British, um, well, just the British Isles in general, uh, you don't have an excuse. You have access to food that is very affordable. Um, I'm not quite sure what what the structure of that is, but uh, whether that's just the, the UK government, I'd like to think that it's the UK government anyway, where they're stepping in and being like, here, look, we have the NHS, we're paying for that. How about we make the uh, the healthy food more available to the population, and that will be you drop down and like you know every." fucking kind of uh health ailment that there is i don't think that's the real reason that's me kind of thinking in like an ideal situation of the world but um yeah you like you really need to appreciate the fact that the rest of the world does not have healthy food to access like we do and also the quality of the taste of food is is different like if you have fruit you're kind of like okay when's the flavor gonna hit me because like it's still nice. Like if you eat apples and uh, strawberries in the United States of America, California, there's like about an, uh, uh, um, an increase in the taste of the food and a decrease in the taste of or and in, in the cost. I think that's just due to what is uh, farmed in the in the state. But um, generally, like the the differences is, is is bizarre how much um, less there is to uh, to actually like taste. It's been yeah, what water, was you like?
1: What was your life like when you turned thirty
0: um, yeah it was, it was fine like I was doing well with the um with my career, but I was kind of hitting the point where it was uh uh I was getting a bit frustrated with how I knew my career was never going anywhere, and I was sort of twiddling my feet and prior to that I was in um I was in a relationship and like my career was never really a big focus because I've read enough books, and uh, listened to enough audiobooks where where um, it's like, okay, do you want to spend your life focusing on your career? Or do you want to spend your uh, life focusing on your life? And I started to kind of break that down. It's like, yeah, what do I like? I don't know what I want to do career wise, but I do know that I want to um have a family. So why don't I, why don't I focus on that then? Why don't I um like try to look up or or try to get like you know a a stable family big family like you know like i wanted to have like fucking five kids i wanted to have enough kids to be able to like take over a country and um so that's what my uh my sort of uh plan was my scheme my evil plan uh but then we broke up and so i was in that sort of place where it's like oh christ like now sort of what am i going to do focus on the career like because if I, i i knew that it would be stupid for me to be like okay focus on getting a new um relationship because it's like there's there's no focus you can't focus on that um like you, you put yourself out into the world and um what comes what happens is is what happens i always found it silly when you'd see like if people on dating profiles when they say like i'm looking for um uh, a boyfriend or like i'm not looking for um a boyfriend it's like i don't think either of those matter because you still have to go on dates with people And you still have to sleep with them, really, to find out if like this is going to be a long-term partner. Uh, And then in the reverse, it's like, no, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. It's like, yeah, you say that until you sleep with someone and they're amazing, and now you have a girlfriend. It's like both of them are the exact sort of... You just have to keep um, putting yourself out there, and then uh, either no one comes along or someone comes along. But it doesn't change. like, Just because you want something... More than the other, it doesn't change the situation in my eyes. And
1: how would you met your partner that you wanted to have the kids with?
0: Oh, like most, I think most of my girlfriends have all been uh, off of a dating app and then just a classic dating app, work, school, university.
1: And how long were you guys together?
0: uh Not very long, but we had moved in with each other. So it was kind of like uh, increased the amount of. Um, uh time spent with one another. I think it was like only like a year and a half. So short term uh in a lot of how a lot of people would see that, but we were in the same house after a month.
1: And then how did the health situation manifest?
0: Um oh completely unknown. Uh that brain cancer part of the reason why it's uh terminal and they haven't uh been able to find any sort of a a reliable cure for it is because they don't know what causes it. People have their uh, assumptions, um, but they are assumptions. Nothing has been sort of set down. And so with that, the, uh, yeah, just sort of happened. What were the
1: first symptoms? Didn't have any. How did you know that you had it?
0: Uh, I didn't. I was doing um, medical trials. I've been doing medical trials for quite a while now. Um, They... Absolutely, chuck money at you, and uh, most of the time you go in and it's uh, not in any way sort of um, difficult. People seem to have this thing that like they'll be jamming pipes into your head and like turning you into an ogre, and it's like it really isn't. You go in there and you take like um, a new form of paracetamol, was one of the ones I did, and it's like, okay, cool, um, thank you for taking the paracetamol, uh, no side effects, here's two grand. I'll you know, off you go. and um, you also get like it's uh, it's almost like a uh, like in some regards like a bit of a video game because you go in there and sometimes you leave and you have benefits. Like I now have a resistance to uh, the HIV virus because I did a um a medical trial about producing a vaccine. And obviously the first thing that I was saying to it was like, okay, is there any chance whatsoever that I can get HIV, seeing as how this is a vaccine? Like, are you giving me a dead version of HIV? And they were like, no, we're not. We're giving you um, this thing that's related to the same virus. It is not deadly to humans in any way, but it will. Uh, we're hoping that it would uh, act on um, promoting your immune system to resist this type of uh, virus. And that's what HIV falls under. And so now I have those, um, I can't remember what they're called, uh, but they're the things that basically more security guards for that uh, type of virus. So um, yeah, some benefits come with it. And then while I was doing that, I did one that was um, to do with uh, the studying of the brain. And so before I went into the medical trial, they gave me an MRI and within the MRI, that's where they saw that there's actually a benign tumor growing in there. And they were like, that it needs to be looked at again. (coughs) And then from looking at it again, they then were able to say like, okay, uh, we first thought that this was benign. It wasn't something to worry about. However, uh, since the last scan, we've seen that it is growing. And so that means that it's likely to be cancerous. And from it being cancerous, uh, that's kind of because uh, that was at that point it was uh, during COVID. And so um, coincidentally, just before that, uh, I had been starting up my own um, YouTube channel just for uh, playing video games. Because the way I was saying is like um, when you play video games, it's fun, but it's kind of a, uh, like can very quickly become a waste of time. And so I was like, how about I add, uh, make a YouTube channel out of it and I can turn it into something that's uh, somewhat productive. I didn't think that it would turn into any kind of a career. That was never what my goal was. My goal was just to get to like a thousand um, uh, followers and like earn a bit of, you know, just, um, you know, beer money, we call it a holiday money um very little not too much of an impact on my life but just something where it's like i'm sitting down and there's a a sense of community it's like right guys we're doing a stream today like what are we doing so it's like i'm talking to people i'm engaging in people uh while i'm actually um playing a game so that's what my um uh, my goal was and because that was timed with when i got the uh the cancer diagnosis and because I had like the scars on the side of my, um, my head and I was like, okay, I'll probably have hair loss. It was like, I, I need to, uh, get ahead of this and, um, uh, mention that this is going to uh, be an elephant in the room. So I was like, I'll do stuff for charity as well. Then I went in for my surgery and then after the surgery, they were saying, yeah, okay, so, um, we were predicting this. We thought this would be the worst situation. And unfortunately it is the worst situation. You do how it looks like it's going to be stage three cancer. And so, uh, from that, I was like, okay, fuck. Just sort of addressing that. Um, here's, you know, uh, a mark, a mark, um, here's a scar on my head. It's caused by this. Let's just like, um, double down on that and make the focus about, uh, charity. So, Uh, That went from, um, like, including video games to um, including running and all that sort of stuff. And that's where I'm at now.
1: Right, let's go over this a bit more slowly, please, Ian. So, your first diagnosis was it was a harmless tumour. When you got that diagnosis, what went through your head at that point?
0: uh when it was a benign one nothing really it was just sort of i asked them uh what's going on is there anything to worry about is there anything i need to be concerned about and they were like no you just need to be aware of this um for the rest of your life you need to be getting scans every uh three months i was like okay that's not a bother
1: what date was that
0: it was in and around september 2020 i think maybe it's 2019
1: how long after that date did you become aware that it wasn't harmless?
0: Uh, that was. It took six months because uh, it went over COVID, and COVID kind of slowed things down a lot.
1: And when you heard that, what went through your head at that point? Then did you go through some kind of reaction? Like, I can't imagine. You know, if I if I heard if, if I went to the doctors, I'd, I'd probably come out shell shocked
0: uh yeah no that's that is what happened i was i was shocked and i was just sort of went into like right how am i going to be dealing with this and the first sort of dilemma that i had come up with was um uh right am i going to tell people about this who am i going to tell if i'm going to tell anybody
1: thank you for watching the podcast here's a word from our sponsor rocket money don't you hate it when you've got subscriptions out there that you don't know about taking all that cash out of your accounts I recently found out I had four Amazon Prime subscriptions, now I've got it down to one. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality the number is closer to $200. When you're signed up for so many things like streaming services you used to watch one show or free trials for delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. That's rocketmoney.com, S-H-A-U-N, rocketmoney.com slash Sean thanks for supporting our sponsor link is in the description box on youtube back to the podcast
0: uh because it was you know COVID was going on so no one was going to be able to come over and visit me anyway so it's sort of like what's the point are they just going to be texting you loads that's going to be annoying you don't want to do that i know how i deal with things and uh i don't i deal with things by uh focusing on uh other stuff and distracting myself and in some situations that would be except when it's or like you know you need to do this, uh, and to help it, you need to focus on it, I'll focus on it, but if it's kind of nothing you can do, you just got to sit there and wait, I will distract myself, and rather than just sit there and dwell on it, because uh, I don't think that's uh, helpful, and so I had this sort of debate with myself, where it's like, do I want to tell anybody, because they're gonna be fucking meh, and uh so i started with my friends and i asked them yeah i really don't want to tell my parents about this i don't want to tell my family about this because it's going to make the uh the situation worse they'll they're trying i know they're gonna try they're gonna try and make things better but it will make it worse um, because they will not stop bringing the subject matter up when i'm trying to distract myself from it and uh, but they were all like no 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 they're your family you have to tell them you have to tell them you have to tell them and then so i was like i capitulated and I was like, all right, yeah, I will. And exactly as I predicted happens, they then just started badgering me constantly about um, wanting updates and all this sort of shit. And, uh, yeah, but, I mean, I got through the end of it. I, I went to my surgery, and afterwards I was able to speak properly after, after a week or so. So, um, yeah, sure. It's all fine now. So All right, so when you got that
1: news then that it was harmful, did you go through various stages of adaptation for example shock acceptance and then you know trying to fine tune your life to do you know to maximize your chances of longevity in the face of it
0: uh in some regards yeah i kind of just um went more with the idea of um do what you can to prevent the problem, but act like you're going to uh, live through this next to 100%. So the first thing that I started doing is because, like I said, I'd started up a YouTube channel um, I, and they said that I might not be able to speak properly. I was like, okay, well, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get a lot of footage for uh, of what I'm doing. Uh, but I'm not going to focus on the editing because I'll be able to edit after this if it's speech that's just um, been the big problem. But I won't be able to film. So I did a lot of filming um, for my channel, and uh, which ended up being a waste of time because the uh, – well, not a waste of time, I suppose, because it did keep me uh, focused on what I was going to be doing. Um, but loads of that footage I'll never really use because after I got my uh, prognosis, I changed my I changed my tune and uh but yeah so i stayed focused on that and thought of all right bad situation you're not going to be able to speak for a while and um, good situation you'll still be able to uh, do other things but i didn't really have to worry about that because it, it only took seven days until my speech came back
1: so when they told you it was harmful did they give you a list of options at that point was surgery just one of several options the chemo um Radiotherapy, etc.
0: Yep, uh, but to me the options weren't really options. It was just kind of like, um, you know, the question of, uh, do you want to suffer a lot for the rest of your life, or do you want to go through uh, an unpleasant situation and have a much higher um, uh, chance of, you know, uh, living quality life? And I, I was shocked when I was like, I said it to the doctor, where I was like. Okay, well, obviously with the options, I'm going to go for surgery and I'll go for chemotherapy. And um, the doctor was like, it's like some people choose not to do chemotherapy for holistic reasons, and that's fine. But um, the difference of awake surgery versus um, not awake surgery is that when you do awake surgery, it's unpleasant. It's not like that painful. It's like it's not nice to go through. I'm not going to deny that uh however when you are awake they're able to test they're kind of do this thing called a b testing where they're able to put a prong inside your brain which doesn't have a nervous system so you can't feel it and then they'll ask you questions of um uh okay which one's the dog which is the microphone which is the the cup and then you've just got to go that's the microphone that's the cup And what they look out for is just – it's not if you go, oh, and you're not able to talk. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of if you were to go, "Uh, that's the cup. And they look for that slight pause. And that means, okay, this bit of tissue is active brain tissue. So we won't remove that. And then they'll go to another area because your brain is quite like a – it's quite like a room. So, like, there's lots of air. There's lots of space here. And that's useful. But, you know – there's other places where there's like stuff and the stuff is what makes your brain run. And uh, so what they're looking for is they're looking for uh, areas that are uh, room within your or space within a room versus things that are like, you know, a kitchen or a microwave, which is actually practical and creates uh, your ability to speak, your ability to articulate words. That's not what they're looking for. So um, the difference between that and doing it in um, uh, surgery where you're asleep, where they put you under, uh, they don't know. So they're just taking out the bits that look like they're uh, uh, damaging. So for me, and I'd like to think for most people, that's not an option. That's just common sense where it's like, okay, yeah, I want to be able to speak I want to increase my ability to be able to speak properly far more than the unpleasantness of going through, uh, you know, three hours of, uh, a surgery. Uh, but like, I was absolutely shocked when the doctor said, no, a lot of people actually choose the, um, the sleep surgery. And I was just like, yeah. I hope they came out better. But like, if they didn't, that's on them. I can imagine
1: some people are intimidated by the prospect of the head getting sawn open if that's what happens.
0: Certainly is, but I mean, like, it's it's the difference between do you are you going to suffer for a, a tiny percentage of your life to then degrade uh, the the entirety of the the rest of your life and the amount of like not just for like how you're not able to speak to people properly anymore. But you could end up in situations where the three hours of agony that you had to go through, uh, you'll have to go through that multiple times because you're no longer able to communicate to people. Like the, uh, there's no point in even starting the conversation of how bad that could go. But like you might not, you might have like you know um, the the lion with the the thorn in his foot. You know the lion. The big problem was that the lion was not able to communicate to the rest of the animal kingdom that he had a. A thorn in his foot and then whatever the i can't remember how the fairy tale goes but like the mouse comes up and takes the thorn out and then oh the lion's gracious but they weren't able to say that um that could be your life you now have you know uh, some sort of a problem that you're not able to discuss with someone else be- uh yeah so i just think that the the difference between how much you can suffer uh in short term and it's like it's not even like a kind of a or oh, maybe i'll be okay it's like the stats for I- improving your life quality, of your life, and even your life expectancy. Never mind just the quality of your life, but the, the expectancy of it as well. Um, it was just pardon the pun, or maybe include the pun, because now I'm able to recognize that this is a pun because my ability to speak, ha- uh, my ability to speak, has uh, gone through this process for uh, for the better. But uh, no pun intended. But it was a no brainer for me.
1: <laughs> what were your expectations from the surgery?
0: Um, I tried not to focus on expectations. Uh, I, like I kind of made some uh some plans for if I ha- was going to go through a bad situation, and then uh, hence the making loads of videos, but not focusing on the edits. And uh, yeah. So you know, uh, prepare for hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So that's just what I did
1: so there was a range of possible results and you said earlier that when when they went in they saw a worst case scenario is that is that what happened
0: well worst case scenario would be i'm dead i suppose worst case scenario uh uh past that would be i'd completely lose my ability to speak um, the doctor said that because that i'm uh, not uh i don't have symptoms now that um at the far end of the surgery that i'll the worst case scenario would probably be that it'll take a year for me to get my ability to speak back and so i was like right that's that's bad but you know i can i could get through that
1: so after the surgery then what did they tell you
0: um they said yeah we can confirm that this is definitely cancerous is exactly the sort of um The worst case scenario in terms of treatment, uh, in terms of what the surgery itself could do, we definitely didn't go through the worst case scenario. Um, they were predicting six months to a year until full recovery and that got covered in six days. Um, so it was like, right, that's a really good sign. And then, uh, they also said that, um, that's probably a good sign in general for your situation because, While they were saying um, five to six years uh, is the average life expectancy, they also quickly said that the life expectancy, uh, this is based off of people who come in with no symptoms. And the people who come in with no symptoms are usually people who are retiring. And so they're getting like a full health check. And so they are more than twice my age. And so then they're like, okay, that's a big factor. If it, like, as an example, the, uh, the plasticity of the brain is massively affected by age. So if you get like head trauma when you're a child, um, often parents don't even detect it because it's healed so quickly. Um, babies can have strokes and like good parents, it's not incompetent parents, uh, often don't realize it until uh, they might have a brain scan when they're much older in their life and that is because the the baby just looks like they have a flu and they're just acting up a little bit and then within weeks they're back to normal brain function because the the brain is just so good at moving all the uh, the bits and pieces into different areas of the brain to function and uh, that happens all the way through age in a diminishing effect so they were saying that because i was 30 at the time that it's like right yep you're in a good um you're like a it's not the best age if this was 20 you'd be in a better situation but 30 is significantly uh you've got a significantly healthier brain than a 60 year old and so they were like we have these t- stats but they're not based on people your age and then there's also the fact that you're like you're into your fitness that's always going to have um helpful things towards uh your general longevity and your your uh, how uh, robust your body is to um problems so they're we're like you're you're a bit of a unicorn. So we have these stats, but they don't really apply to you, sort of thing.
1: So they told you it was stage three. Did they give you any other treatment options?
0: Uh yep, chemo. So like it was chemo and radio radiotherapy. That was after the brain surgery. Um, which I took on. You can still kind of see it there. Luckily I've got big thick hair, so you can see the, the thinning there compared to compared to that side. Yep. Well, like good luck trying to get through that fucking mop (laughs) so um so yeah uh that wasn't too much of a too much of a problem i was like kind of worried that there might be worse um uh worse hair loss but uh once it it all fell out and then kind of grew back a bit but even the the stuff that all fell off i was kind of like ah even if this falls off for my entire life this isn't this isn't too bad i'll just be rocking a mohawk for uh, the rest of my days and i went in when i was going in for uh for the radiotherapy down in um the um royal marsden hospital down in sutton near um near the uk or near, near london um i seen seen f- uh, like other lads that were in there like they were the same kind of lads as me as well which was kind of funny it was like all the big lads they had a mohawk and it It was like yeah 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 obviously i'm not the first person to think of this where it's like ah well if i have to like if i can't grow hair on one side i mean i only have one choice what am i going to do like a mega comb over so yeah
1: what was the outcome of those therapies what was the goal and what happened
0: um, there there wasn't a particular goal it was just trying to make the tumor shrink make the tumor not grow as much and so uh, in some regards they've been successful with that because the tumor has shrunk a little bit and so uh, at this point it's but well, it's been it's been maintenance for um, two years now nearly so yeah it's just every three months i get a check Uh, Other than that, I don't, uh, I'm not on any prescribed medication. I was on um, uh, epilepsy medication for a while because I had a couple of seizures um, while I was out running and pushing myself. Um, But now I haven't had a seizure in a while, in a long time. And so I stopped taking the medicine by my own choice. The doctors didn't advise me to, uh, to do that, but I was just sort of like, here, look, I haven't had anything close to a seizure. I haven't had a murmur. I don't want to be taking pills that I don't believe I need anymore uh, my whole life because all sorts of um uh drugs from pharmaceutical companies you know a lot of them are very safe and they definitely do uh, help with the issue that you have but if you don't have the issue you shouldn't I don't really in my mind you shouldn't really be taking pills that you don't need to be taking because you know who knows what sort of side effects are uh, are in those medications that long term can have some sort of a a small but still every like i gotta i gotta focus on every kind of percentage that i can hang on to in order to uh, increase my longevity and quality of life
1: yeah my little niece who had leukemia she went through chemo um but some weeks now still she has like 100 seizures a week and Last year, she had a seizure, and she threw herself under a London bus. But fortunately, the bus stopped just in time. So the, the seizures can become quite um, life-threatening. If, they, if You can go into a coma and die. Yeah, oh, easily. That, yeah, yeah. The only um, one I had
0: where I actually collapsed, uh, I was out for a run. And thankfully, I was in a run in a park. And so I landed on a uh, soft ground. But there was also, like, pathways along that um, the route that I had if i had fallen on that like uh, there was there was you know it wasn't a scar it was just like a cut but like there was a cut on the side of my uh, my eye and down my face if i had landed on a um, you know concrete surface i could easily crack my head open like yeah. i'm six foot two that's a long way to like have a head come down and hit the ground so earlier
1: on then you said you had to go for a mental adjustment to tell your parents what was that like
0: i had to go for a mental adjustment
1: yeah, in the beginning you didn't want to tell your parents, but then you did. No.
0: yeah. Well, I was just sort of out of a sense of family duty that I did it. I st- I didn't want to. <laughs> I knew it would have resulted in the the um uh the over the over sort of encumbrance of intention that I didn't want to have. Um, but yeah. Now they, they they took it well, but they were worried naturally. Um, which I also didn't want to throw on them. I kind of knew they're not going to be able to do anything, and that's what are, what uh, most human beings if you give them bad news they want to do something even if it's like i want to attend a funeral that's still doing something you feel like it's you want to be active you want to do something that is related to the situation and when you're not able to do that i'd imagine that's why there was quite a lot of frustration with them um, you know deaths uh, going over COVID because we couldn't grieve uh in any sort of a normal way we just had to do it at home with whoever was around us and that's like uh, the way the way things went with COVID I like I I was it was fine for me I mean I was I was I had to stay at home anyway so there was more of my friends sitting around so we could play video games together so it was actually quite social for me that um COVID happened I'm one of the few people where it was like Uh, Not that I'm glad it happened, but uh, it actually suited my situation very, very well. And I probably had um, a better time because of COVID. But that still doesn't mean that like it really pissed me off so much the way it's like, okay, this disease uh, or this virus uh, affects children and it affects um, uh, older people. So let's shut down the people who are working and running the planet in order to try and protect these, uh, other people where it's like, okay, shouldn't these other people, shouldn't we protect them, but then keep the planet going? Wouldn't that be better for everybody? If you're an old person and you're in a nursing home, can't we just set up sort of barricades for that? They don't get sick. Same thing with schools. Like, you know, fair enough. The kids have to stay at home and they have to go on their iPads. But like, I just thought it made no sense whatsoever to, um cut everything else off and like we're we're in a in a very bad position now because of that and i'm like i'm not a um an economist or uh, anything like that but i i don't think that it was uh you know, an intelligent move. And I felt like that from the start, they shut down like open air gyms. They allowed people to work, to walk around, but I uh, like, um, I wanted to work out. And so there's a a handful of open air gyms near my house and they, they closed them off. And it's just like that, the logic of paying somebody to come in, in a group, because you need to do that to get fences on, to get multiple people, to bring a fence around an open air gym to stop people from, working out and keeping healthy it's just it's it's and even like in in the outside you know it's just so stupid it, it irritated me so much how some of those things happen but anyway it's over now ish going back to the
1: conversation with your parents then I imagine a lot of people are trying to imagine what it's
0: like to broach
1: that subject with your parents did you remember the conversation
0: oh i just called them up on a, a group uh a whatsapp call um with like and you know, on my brother uh i think my nieces were there and i just sort of told them straight up here um uh this is the situation uh and focus more on the lucky side of things where it's like the chances of uh, some of my age uh detecting it with no symptoms is like uh the the surgeon who did my brain my cranioptomy is uh, a pioneer in brain surgery the amount of brain surgeries that he's done in his career is, is through the roof he's like he's featured in lots of research papers uh like he's he's very 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 high up You couldn't get better uh, my parents you know they're um they're financially quite successful they did a lot of um uh, they worked from you know quite a young age and my father has um, a master's degree in uh, chemistry and you know having something like that in the 70s that's you know leads to leads to good work and my mom was a journalist and um so they were kind of thinking like no come on we could like you know we, we don't throw money at you but like if there's a uh this is the situation definitely where it's like you know please just use what we've got and they looked around they were like no you know they're not cheap so it's like they looked around and i was like no this guy's actually like fairly up there i don't think we could there's a benefit to like paying for private health care you'd be sleeping in more like a com- a more comfy bed but like we don't really care about that we want the best surgeon And um uh, uh tim jones is like you know one of the best surgeons in the in the, in the planet never mind in the um in uh, in the like uk area in the london area and he was he was a walking distance the hospital that i was going to not that it made much of a difference it was a walking distance from where i was uh where i was living at the time which is um saint george's hospital and so um one of the things that he said was that he's only ever encountered one other patient that had was a similar age to myself and didn't have symptoms so that's the kind of thing that I focused on when I was telling them about the, um, the look rather than the unluckiness.
1: Did you feel you got a weight off your shoulders
0: after you told them? Nope. feel like I added more weight. Really?
1: Because then yep. you've got, you've got the stress. They're worried about you. That kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. So how did you deal with that?
0: Ah, sure. What else can you do? You just you need know, to answer the questions that they're asking, even though it's not what you want to be answering. How many siblings you go... have you got? One... Oh, he didn't do it. <laughs> I knew Jack wouldn't. I knew it was just going to be my parents.
1: Did you have a partner at the time?
0: Uh, Kind of. I was dating a girl, and because it was COVID, you'd stay with each other in, uh, in the houses, but um, no, it wasn't like sort of i felt like i had to tell her uh, but the same sort of situation where it's like i really don't want to make this a thing because then it's going to become a bigger thing but you
1: felt you had to tell her what was her reaction
0: um ah she was fine it wasn't a particularly um a nice person hence why it didn't last that long it was a, a, a the breakup afterwards was almost hilarious it was sort of like a she uh she like um, um you'll you'll remember that I mentioned about how uh, I had an uh in in inability to speak properly for six days after the surgery and uh the reason that we like broke up we, like again we weren't official or anything like that it was just sort of um uh it suited the time to stay with each other but that would imply that we had a more tight relationship than we did and uh she said like uh, she'd just have to break up with me and then it was like because i couldn't read texts uh, very well at the time i i didn't really understand and um i was just sort of like uh oh yeah okay oh she said like you know i don't think we can see each other And it's like that's that's fine like i'm gonna be doing going through this sort of thing for a while now uh that's that's all right And then it was only after I'd kind of uh, come out of my um, thing that I was able to look back and realize that the reason that she had uh, sort of wanted to separate things was because uh, I wasn't paying enough attention to the fact that she had burnt her lip with a cigarette (laughs) i know i know exactly exactly and then afterwards i even sent a a message being like you're not the only person who i wasn't replying to like here's here's my best friend here's my father here's like you know several of my other friends who are asking about like how i'm getting on and she was just like oh like that doesn't justify what you did i just i was laughing i sent the video to so or i sent the screenshot of what she had said to so many people because it was just like oh my god check out this bird she's unbelievable how could you like you know uh it's like something that like you'd write in a script for a film it was so bad it was hilarious and then she started like even chasing down um one of my friends saying that i was gaslighting her and all this sort of thing and i just like sure sure i was so what was your mental adjustment then
1: after you told you know your family your your best friends how did you
0: start to change your life um i didn't really change my life i just started to uh, um film and uh, edit and upload videos about my sort of my uh progress on uh the fitness so like I was always into my fitness. I guess I just sort of adapted it more to uh, be about uh, running, which I hadn't done in uh, a couple of years. So not very much changed. It was. It was really uh, like after a while, it became very. Um, uh, one, once the channel started to really kick off, which was basically just as soon as I started using. Uh, tiktok which i was kind of resistant to at the start because it's like ah that's for kids like it's you know people dancing and people mouthing songs like you know that's not me i don't want to do that sort of thing but one of my mates absolutely just convinced me he was like just do it just do it it's what's hot it's what's trending if this is what your goal is it doesn't matter about what you want it's about what the world wants and what's what the world is desirable for and quickly i realized that tiktok is definitely not just for um uh, just for kids it's just when you open the app first it needs to take a while until it understands what videos you like and then it starts to uh, guide you along with that sort of stuff so now like i don't look at a lot of um uh, tiktok because it, or, like i'm on my phone enough with editing and all that sort of stuff that i, I don't want to get sucked into it but um it is uh whenever i'm sort of flicking through the the for you page is what it's called it's all like really dark jokes and like uh uh stuff definitely not sort of um safe for kids just like really um sort of uh, cartoons that are certainly made for like 18 year olds and really sort of parodies of like uh, bugs bunny and all that sort of stuff and so um uh, from that that also helped with the, how much the um a good video gets seen like that on TikTok, whereas YouTube, YouTube is still like the algorithm that's got is it's hilariously bad. I like, I don't know how anyone starts off and like rises. Uh, like I don't really mind so much because uh, my Instagram and my YouTube are doing, or my TikTok are doing terrific. They're doing fantastic. Um, but you can literally make a video on um, uh, TikTok that will get like this is this is actual stats. It's like forty million. Uh, views on tiktok and i upload that to uh that same video but without watermarks or anything like that so it's not like it's uh youtube would have a reason to be like ah you made this on tiktok so therefore I'm, we're gonna cut it off i didn't do that i made it on its own um thanks for watching our podcast this is with
1: my sponsor shopify i feel like i'm missing out because everyone is starting a side hustle or their own business these days and you know what they're hearing a lot <coughs> That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling books or events, like us, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person, so you can successfully grow your business. Shopify covers all your sales channels, from a shopfront-ready POS system to its all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify even gets you selling across social media marketplaces like Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Full of the industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without learning new skills in design or coding. And thanks to 24-7 help and with an extensive business course library, Shopify is ready to support your success every step of the way. Look, there's so many options out there to expand your business these days. And what's lovely about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify will be there to empower you with the confidence and control to take your business to the next level. It's time to get serious about selling and get Shopify today. This is possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a £1 per month trial period at shopify.co.uk forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.co.uk slash Sean to take your business to the next level today. shopify.co.uk forward slash Sean. That's the word from our sponsor. Thanks for watching. Link in the description. Back
0: to the podcast. editing software and then uploaded it separately to, uh, YouTube and to, uh, TikTok. And I think it was like a hundred and something views on YouTube. It's like, this is not, this is not to do with the quality of my videos here, guys. This is definitely to do with, uh, the algorithm that you've got. And for whatever reason, it's just not being shown to uh, a wider audience on, uh, YouTube as it is on, um, TikTok. But as long as one of them is doing well, I, I don't mind. So, one of the themes
1: in the ancient Stoic philosophers is that people don't value life until they face or have faced death. Would you agree with that?
0: Uh, no, I think for me, the difference was nothing to do with, I have faced death. Now I'm going to live my life more. It was, uh, it was that the opportunity that it presented to me, gave me, uh, something to focus on, which I didn't have before. So that's where my sort of elevated levels of, um, happiness have come from. It's, uh, like if someone had come to me and said, um, Hey, um i've become really big on social media will you come and uh join me in doing all this stuff i need a set. i need a right hand man to help me out with this sort of thing and that i had then gotten into um yeah okay we're doing the exact same thing we're trying to break the world record uh for raising money uh for a charity and the way we're doing that is not by asking for donations i i think i'd be in the exact same sort of mental uh state if that opportunity had been presented to me And it was unrelated to uh, me having a terminal illness. I think it's just my happiness has come from the fact that I uh, have a goal and that the way that I get to that goal is um, through creativity and through being um, uh, sort of quite focused on improving myself in terms of fitness and to improve yourself on fitness You often need to improve yourself on many other traits that um, go along with life, like your mental state, your diet, um, your routine, that sort of thing.
1: So, is there like a bucket list of things that you've done that you otherwise wouldn't have done?
0: No, I don't really believe in a bucket list thing. I think uh, bucket lists are, uh, they're normally just sort of faff that mean nothing. So, it's like, oh, my bucket list is to see the Great Wall of China. Like, okay it's not in terms of your life spending it's not that expensive to go to china and see the great wall it's not that hard so like no one goes i've some people might but very few people have that on their to-do list their bucket list and then they go out to the great wall of china i'm not like hitting on people who have these sort of travel goals or like goals things that they want to do that's fine but the idea of that, like, you know, sort of like, I've always wanted to go to the, the like, uh, the Great Wall of China. It's not like you're going to arrive there and you're gonna go, like, oh, my life is different now. I've seen this magnificent structure. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I am awake now. Oh, I see things differently. It's like, that doesn't fucking happen. Whereas, you know, the same thing where it's like, I, w- I want to run a marathon. It's like, cool, do it. But like, once you cross the line, you might learn a little bit about yourself from doing a marathon. Uh, more so than seeing the um, thing. But like, if you have a real like tough thing to do um, and it's always been something that you've been thinking about, that to me is a bucket list. If someone has a list of like 10 things, that's not a real bucket list. The bucket list should be like three things in my mind where it's like, if you want to achieve something, I want to be a gold medalist in the Olympics. There you go. That's a bucket list. But even at that, like, the idea of the bucket list is in itself things to do before i kick the bucket you know it's like that's not really that you wouldn't really apply that to a gold medalist because after the age of 35 like there'd probably be a few exceptions i think some of the strength things you'd be in your prime when you're at 35 but like after 35 most of the olympians they're on their way out um so yeah bucket list it's a it's a common thing but when you actually start to really think about it it's kind of meaningless In my what
1: about, li- what about living in more in the present do you do that
0: um i think of like for whatever reason i can't think of any sort of moment that has been like kind of ah now you have you now live in the moment more but f- both for uh for good and bad um I don't know when my life has changed to be in this situation because I used to always be thinking about uh, uh, future and past rather than situation. But uh, I feel like I naturally um, live in the moment a lot more. But that also comes with not replying to people, which is um, not only something that I did when I was unable to speak, but just in general, every single one of my friends and family will tell you that I'm terrible at replying so this whole uh thing where it's like you know ah living in the moment is the greatest thing in the world it's like mm, still comes with some problems
1: what about when you hear people getting stressed out over small things in your brain do you think wow you know i've got something big that i'm dealing with and if this person was facing something big they wouldn't be so worried
0: uh with some things it depends on what they how they do with it so um I I have certainly I think it's just with age and uh, obviously the going through the chemotherapy and the, the having brain um having a brain tumor probably has added to it, but I wouldn't say it's added to it more so than just general getting older. But I can't stand whinging. It like I've got a really short fuse for it. Mm-hmm. Um, to be perfectly honest, it's it's come from my parents because like my parents whinge a lot about meaningless shit. Um, and it's for me, it's the big one when it's um, something where you kind of do a quick analys- uh, analysis on it. And it's like, okay, you want to have an argument about uh, the fact that this hairbrush was left on uh, a counter rather than put away. And it's like, okay, um, is that worth an argument? Is that worth the effort of putting uh, the hairbrush inside the thing or simply asking the person, "Hey, will you, uh, clean up the hairbrush?" Um and I understand that some like, you know, there'd be a lot of people be like, oh, "Well, that's justifying, you know, uh being uh untidy." And that's not a good thing, and I agree, that's not a good thing. But it's kind of like a lot of people will bitch and complain about stuff that it's just it doesn't matter or like someone who'd um um yes you you, you I, I broke a um a french press earlier on today and some people they got like, like really upset and, uh, like i kind of look i was like okay ah that was silly i was um uh, i was shaking it from the plastic you know the way a french press would kind of, oh, was right in front of me. french press like that it's missing the glass and then yeah. rather than the, I held it like this to shake the coffee out rather than h- holding it on the actual glass. And the glass fell out. I was like, nah, that was silly. Um, and then I just went over to my computer and went to Amazon. I was like, buy another French press. It's like, that's that's how you should react to things like that. And it really irritates me when people are like, oh, oh it's like, yeah, you, you're fucked up. But like, you know, people who complain about like, you know, is, is something like that happening, and it's like, you drop a bottle of beer on the ground or they drop a bottle of water or tea, and it's like, and someone goes like, Ah! That's my favorite mug! Or it's, you know, some shit. It's like, just buy another f- mug. Like, accidents happen. These these arguments do not need to happen. These ed- like, uh, exacerbated amounts of sort of uh, upset, they do not need to happen. And sometimes, you know, you do need to confront someone and you need, you need, do need to have that sort of like, you know, you are being a prick. You need to stop doing this, 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 and this. Every time I wake up, um, you know, the room is a kip and I've been asking you to, uh, tidy it up and you never do it properly. That's definitely something that needs to be addressed. But I think that there's so much of just sort of, um, people, not just being able to be like, Hey, can you write back to me about that thing? Can you write back to me? Yeah, cool. Can you get back to me? No, 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 no. Let's not do it that way. Can we do it this way? Like, you need to have that 10 times before you have the... Because that is just... It elevates stress levels. It makes it uncomfortable to be around other people. Um, And that, for me, sort of ironically, I have a short fuse for that. Although I don't actually... um, I stick to my guns and I try not to react as they are reacting. I react with sort of a different a lower level of energy where it's like that it's not you are literally complaining this isn't even spilt milk this is spilt water. This is actually a quote of mine a while ago that I had to say to somebody. Um so it's like this is not worth this level of stress. So let's just stop now. No. Nope. And you just kind of almost treat them like they're a fucking dog. Where it's like, no, ah, no, we're not going to have that. Con- no, we're not having that conversation. No, no, it's it's just uh, a, a, a a cup that broke on the ground. We're n- no, no, stop, ah, stop it. Nope. <laughs> that shit. In my mind, uh, what I'm really doing is fucking screaming and like punching their <laughs> face in the head until their like nose goes in and it starts pointing at the back of their skull. That's what's happening in my mind. But in reality, I'm going, no, no, stop, stop, Zen
1: yeah one thing that helped me put problems in perspective was my sister invited me to spend a day at Great Ormond Street with the kids there um and you know they were all playing and stuff, and they knocked, they got the her missing and stuff and my sister pointed at one kid and she said that kid they're not that kid's not even gonna see Christmas. I feel lucky because my kid, even though she's going through this treatment, you know she's gonna survive so after I came out of Great Ormond Street, I was supposed to walk back to the tube station. I couldn't do it. I ended up just walking around London for hours and hours and hours thinking about the meaning of life which leads me to your my next question for you is has it made you contemplate the meaning of life all of this?
0: Um not so much the meaning of life um because uh for me I'm quite goal orientated. Uh I like achieving things is a big sort of um happiness of my of my mind and that that is like you know having a family for me would be an achievement um in my own mind and so i don't really um contemplate about um the meaning of life so much uh because i think in a basic format uh the meaning of life for me is just simply are you happy are you making others happy i don't think there's a huge amount more uh, I, I actually remember coming up to my dad once when I was a child and uh, saying to him, Dad, I've cracked it. I've, I know the meaning of life. And my dad goes, <laughs> okay, go on. What you got? And I said, it's happiness because everything you do is related to happiness. You get a job so that you um you have money so that you can buy fun stuff and then you're happy. It's like if you get sick, you go to the hospital and you pay for the hospital so then you can get well. It's all related to happiness. And I remember my dad's response was um, – it's a bit more complicated than that. But like, yeah, it is more complicated than that. But for me, that's it. Be um, happy. About ha- about Make other people fam- happy if you can. You said having a family would
1: uh, give you happy more happiness. Is that something that you still plan to do?
0: Uh, I can't. I'm shooting blanks. Um, but... I know she's in the other. She's uh, locked in. She's locked in with the other dog. Uh, Yeah, I got a dog. That's that's my you know daughter. I'm not gonna. I'm not one of those kind of freaks that's like, oh my god, she's my baby girl. (laughs) Uh, Like you know, it was her birthday the the other day. I I'm not gonna make her like a dog cake or any of that stupid stuff. Give her a treat and like kind of pay attention to her a bit more. Like you know, hey, your treat today. Let's go for a half marathon. Actually, I think she did get a quite, a, uh, quite a good birthday present. She got to run around on a mountain. She loves that. I never brought her out to, like, let her off the lead on a mountain before, and I'll be doing that a lot more. So, yeah, that was her birthday present. But, um, uh, yeah, so that's sort of – I always wanted um, uh, a family. Can't shoot in blanks. I could always adopt kids, but, uh, like, it, it, like going through the steps, I'm more realistic about my uh, that goal of, like, getting a wife, getting a family because it's like uh, even getting a girlfriend, that's a hard sell. I'm like, I like girlfriends far more than I like dating girls. Uh, But having a girlfriend, it's like, hey, uh, worst case scenario, you fall in love with me. That's the worst fucking case scenario for you. You fall in love with me, and then uh, I die young, which is expected. Uh, And then, you know, you've got to go through a trauma. Or you could, like, you know, go somewhere else and try and find another guy that you think, like, you know, these things are going really well with this guy. Any logical woman and, like, you know, that's the kind of person who I want to marry is, is a smart person, is a smart woman. Um, she's going to have that common sense of being like, you know, okay, I really like this guy. If things go further, I'm going to get attached to this guy. And then he's going to poof and be no longer on the earth in a short period of time, judging by um, what's going on in the world of medicine at the moment. Uh, having a child with him is a no-go because he's shooting blanks. Um, And then adopting a child, yes, it's certainly uh, uh, an option. However, it is harder. And same thing where it's like, do I want to be raising an adopted child uh, likely as a, a single mother? So it's like two steps are made a lot, significantly a harder selling point so for me i just try and let go of that um because there's no point in focusing on it if it's uh no longer achievable whereas my um the world record and that sort of stuff that is achievable i also i'm not unrealistic in thinking that uh there could be a cure for my brain cancer and then if that happens hopefully it happens soon enough while i'm still uh sort of uh young dumb and full of cum that doesn't work (laughs) but um like once if something like that were to happen then i would then come back and i would start focusing again on uh right yeah let's uh not focusing on because like i said the 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 idea of focusing on getting a, a relationship i think is um pointless but then it would sort of open up my thing of like yeah so now i'm not just looking for sort of companionship um uh like on the, the sort of dating scene now i am more focused on um uh, uh, uh girlfriend that will turn into uh, a wife and then we talk about um uh, adopting children but in the meantime i'm just gonna get shitloads of dogs
1: in your strong spirit resonates off the screen and people watching you probably feel the same but some of those people are going through things in life struggles what do you say to those people
0: um unfortunately i have just gotten this sort of mental uh, disposition uh, as if there's a, a physical disposition uh, i've gotten uh, this way of thinking but it just sort of was uh, something that was natural to me i don't know what i did to sort of um put it together it just sort of was there when i sort of went through my first uh amounts of trauma i suppose something that i always wanted to do is like i've always kind of whenever i've watched war films um, fantasized about like i wonder who i'd be in that situation like uh would i be the guy who is behind the iron girders holding onto his knees crying would i be the uh stoic captain who's like sort of saying yeah suppress the fire go up there now or would i be one of the unlucky lads who's like walking around trying to pick up his hand uh and yes i am Talking about the exact scenes that are going through in um, Saving Private Ryan for all you movie buffs there, if you're thinking, I recognize what film he's talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I always wondered like, you know, who would I be in that situation if I was in World War two, if I was in World War One. Hopefully I'd prefer World War Two than World War One. I. I think everybody would. Um and then yeah, so sort of I saw this situation as all right, this is your moment. How how are you gonna handle the fact that you've got uh, a terminal disease? Um and it's uh it comes back from great um advice from Joe Rogan, which is like um the way you should see your life or go through your life is kind of imagine that yourself that you are the protagonist in your own film, and it's like okay, what would Rocky do? What well, Rocky does this? Uh, what what would Luke Skywalker do? Like what what do all the protagonists do when like they're hit with like problems it's that they overcome them and they don't sort of just like imagine how shit star wars would be if like you know uh luke skywalker gets his hand chopped off and it's like i'm never being a jedi again and that's the end of it it's like okay well no no part three <laughs> the rebels get destroyed and uh, same thing it's like you know um yeah, you know, Rocky. It's like imagine if he was like, you know, "Hey, I get to fight Apollo." It's like cool. He gets smacked around the first round. It's like, ow, oh, that was sore. I don't want to do it anymore." Hey, Apollo wins. Like Apollo won anyway, but like a spoiler alert. But like you know, it doesn't make a good film. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's all about um, uh, uh, confronting the the issue that is uh, coming into your life and having a sort of a, a self pride that. I know I, I go against what I'm about to say, where it's like my whole social media channel is like fucking. Hey, look at me! Our, I'm and I so great. Blah 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 blah. But like, you really shouldn't be. That's like, that's part of what my uh, what I want to achieve. It kind of involves, you know, a, a huge amount of vanity and um, promoting myself and like uh, showing how terrific I am. But like, there's a, there's a deeper meaning within that where I'm able to look at myself in the mirror and go, like, right, are you, how are you really handling this? Never mind the social media bullshit. How are you actually handling this? Are you handling it well? Um, Do you like who you're looking at in the mirror now? And that is more of a focus that I try to do, where it's like, do you like who you are? Uh, It's like, yeah, I do like who I am. And it's like, do you love who you are? Mm, Yeah, and suppose. I tolerate who I'm, like, imagining myself in my own, relationship with myself It's like, yeah okay i'd be a good boyfriend to myself sort of thing <laughs> I'd, I'd yeah i'd probably have a good time at myself if i was my own boyfriend i'd, I'd, I'd there'd be i'd have a lot of fights with me and i put that fucking chocolate bar down stop it stop <laughs> doing that stop doing that straight away in the morning get the fuck out the house straight away you know that leads to happiness and productivity stop that no 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 don't just because you're editing on your phone in bed does it like you know that's sort of productive you know it'd be better off if you got up and you walked around for 10 minutes caught some morning air and then sat down at a desk and did your editing but you don't want to do that because it's a little bit harder so that, that'd that be me if i was in a me.
1: What a, what a powerful note to end it on. Huge thank you for your time, Ian. Can you let the viewers know where they can find you and support you and follow you?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, If you wouldn't mind, please uh, start off with uh, uh, this whole thing of how uh, what I'm trying to do uh, is trying to break the world record for raising the most amount of money ever for uh, running a marathon. But the way that I'm trying to do that is by getting more followers on uh, social media. Uh more followers attracts more sponsorship and I donate all of the sponsorship money to charity So the idea is that if you want to you can donate you can certainly contribute and say to yourself. Hey, i'm i'm part of the uh, or i'm more so part of the Uh limo chemo timo. i'm part of that world record myself But just by following the channel alone, you don't have to do anything more you have contributed to uh raising the most money ever for running a marathon. And so my username is the king of chemo. And uh, I'd like to also add that uh the the company MyProtein, they would be uh the biggest sponsor that I have. There's a lot of support teams at the moment, uh, Elverys for one, uh, supplying all these jerseys, but uh MyProtein are uh, uh giving me 120,000 pounds a year, 10,000 pounds a month. And that's a contract that might be extended. It might be increased due to the uh, amount of followers that I have towards the end of the year. Uh, And I'm giving 100% of that money away. Uh, 34,000 of it, I'm actually just giving to uh, people that have helped my channel grow the whole way up. So just random fans. I'm completely mimicking mimicking what... um, uh, Mr. Beast did, and then the rest of that money goes straight to um to charity. I don't hang on to a penny of it. I have n- I have no use like uh, money. I don't really need money. I like I like the things in my life. I like are, uh, beer, video games. They'd be the most expensive things that take that um that uh, cost money in my life. After that, you know, the dog. She costs money at the start. She doesn't cost much money now. Like friends once you establish them they shouldn't cost you a huge amount of money so it's like that's like most most of most of my happiness the the huge amount of the happiness that i get in my life doesn't cost much i don't have any need for that money success is far more important to me than money and they're not the same thing
1: so thank you for watching this all of ian's links will be in the description box below this video if you're watching it on youtube please go down subscribe support his work how inspirational honestly um if you're going through things in your life if you're stressing out you're late for work late for a fitness class and you're almost giving yourself a heart attack stories like ian's really put these things in perspective so please let us know in the comments what you thought about this and we just salute your bravery and your spirit man and thanks for again for spending time with us. cheers yeah
0: thanks very much for having me on